what is the intended purpose of the 10 days of awe that we have just come through? It is this, it is to orient us to live more righteously in the year ahead than in all the years we have left behind us. These 10 days are meant to be a launch pad for the year ahead, sending us forth in the right direction. But how can we discern the right direction? This week's Torah passage gives us the right way and the wrong way. It shows us the right standard of measurement and the wrong standard of measurement. And by habit, people generally choose the wrong standard. We find the right standard in verse four of our Torah reading. The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are just, a trustworthy God who does no wrong. He is righteous and straight. The character of God is the gold standard by which we should be measuring ourselves. We learn here that he is that perfect standard. His work is perfect. For all his ways are just, he is trustworthy. He does no wrong. He is righteous and straight. Since he is our father, we should aspire to be like him. Our character should reflect his own. His works and character are the standard by which we should, uh, to which we should align ourselves. If we would live a better life in the year ahead, we will seek to match our character with his own. Paul echoes this clearly in the fifth chapter of Ephesians. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love just as the Messiah also loved us and gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. Just as Messiah is the perfect reflection of the Father's character, so Moshe is telling us to align our lives with the character of God. The rock whose work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a trustworthy God who does no wrong, he is righteous, and straight. To walk in God's straight and narrow, we must align ourselves with the character of God, who is righteous and who is straight. But I said that the text also tells us the wrong way to go about this. It says this in verse 5, that while God is not corrupt, quote, the defect is in his children, a crooked and perverted generation. Crooked and perverted or crooked and perverse here means crooked and twisted. If we seek to compare ourselves to other people without keeping God's character 
foremost in our minds, we will be deceiving ourselves. Paul picks up on this too in writing to the Corinthians. Here is what he says. We don't dare class or compare ourselves with some of the people who advertise themselves. In measuring themselves against each other and comparing themselves with each other, they are simply stupid. But what is stupid about measuring ourselves against other people? It's an exercise in self-deception. If other people are crooked, then measuring ourselves against them will leave us crooked as well, but maybe crooked uh, in other directions. These people are not a guideline for righteousness. The only guideline of righteousness is God himself, the rock whose work is perfect, just, and perfect is he. So what then is the key? What I'm sharing with you should be obvious to all of us. But I will confess it's not the way we normally think. We do not normally think that our responsibility is to imitate God and his character. But that is our calling. And of course, that means imitating the Messiah, who is the image of the invisible God. It also means imitating those whose way of life mirrors his. This is why Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, try to imitate me, even as I myself try to imitate the Messiah. So, here in our Torah reading, what are some characteristics of God which we should follow in our lives if we would lead a better life in the year ahead? Our text says, He is your Father who made you His. It was He who formed and prepared you Remember how the old days were. Think of the years through all the ages. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your leaders too, they will inform you. When Elyon, the Most High, gave each nation its heritage, when he divided the human race, he assigned the boundaries of the peoples according to Israel's population. But Adonai's share was his own people, Yaakov, his allotted heritage. He found his people in the desert country in a howling, wasted wilderness. He protected him and cared for him, guarded him like the pupil of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up her nest, hovers over her young and spreads out her wings, takes them and carries them as she flies. Adonai alone led his people no alien god was with him he made them ride on the heights of the earth they ate the produce of the fields he had them suck honey from the rocks and olive oil from the flinty crag curds from the cows and milk from the sheep with lamb fat rams from bashan and goats with the finest wheat flour and you drank sparkling wine from the blood of grapes well, that's up through verse 14. From this passage, 
we may identify three characteristics of God, just for starters, that we ought to imitate in the year ahead. Adonai is a protector. Adonai is a provider. Adonai is a nurturer. In our lives with others, this is part of what we should be. Protectors, providers, nurturers. The opposite of being a protector would be a person who tries not to notice the afflictions of others or their mistreatment. This is the person who does not want to get involved. Is this godliness? No, it's not. If we are to be godly in the year ahead, more righteous than in the years behind us, we will be protectors. We will also be providers. This means that the needs of others will not be for us a matter of indifference. But here we are not simply speaking of material needs, but of emotional and spiritual needs. This overlaps with yet a third characteristic of God, which we ought to imitate. We will be nurturers. This means we will be the kinds of people to whom others instinctively go when they are hurting and spiritually hungry. Now I want to tell you a story. I remember before I was a Yeshua believer, I was 18 years old, attending Manhattan School of Music. There was a man there that I never talked to, who I did not know. But there was something about him that told me that if I ever needed to confide in someone, he would be the man, a stranger. But I felt I could trust him implicitly. I found out later that he was a believer. At that point, I didn't know what a believer was, by the way. I thought that nobody knew God, but I found out later that he was a believer. His name was Paul Headwall. And he was a believer who had experienced a healing from cancer. This was in 1962. He lived another 17 years. What was true of him should be true of us too. We should be people whose manner of being presents to others an open door to the kingdom of God. If we are aligning ourselves with the character of God, there will be others like me when I was 18 years old, people who don't believe, who don't even know it is possible to know God, but they will detect that we march to a different drummer that we are aligned with a more, a more perfect king and a more perfect kingdom. If we are people with nurturing, protecting souls, we'll be the kind of people to whom others instinctively come, just as Paul Headwall was for me. So let's get with it in the air ahead. This is why God has left us here on earth to be his servants. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Messiah loved us and gave himself for us, 
a fragrant offering to God. That's my word for all of us today, except this, Shabbat Shalom. Okay, my friends.